This is Idle Inspiration, the show about finding our next favorite role-playing game or building it. My name is Caleb. I'm David. And we are here once again to do a an episode about the role-playing games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As we do. Yes, exactly. Um, so the thing that has been going through my head pretty consistently uh, as I figure out um, broad setting strokes we're playing through the we below so we're talking about hellbreaker stuff with david's character on the we below um and uh continuing to uh, figure out broad strokes of the hellbreaker universe if you uh, listen to our episode about that we kind of talk about the like you know interconnected rpg cosmere sort of thing we are going to do um i think it's episode 14 if you're interested um i do have I, i did actually in between uh then and now write up a uh, more cons- concise and uh, pithy pitch for it and put it up on my website that I had. I don't think mm-hmm. I've actually made it live yet. Um, It's like an unlisted okay. page. So I need to do that. I'll do that and link it in the liner notes for this episode. If you are interested in this ongoing project, it's, it's kind of like an ongoing game design project, but also an ongoing, you know, uh, fiction storytelling sort of world building uh, thing. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll post it in liner notes for, I think I ever, after we did our um, Hellbreaker Universe episode, I oh I, I felt it, it was an, an inadequate. It wasn't a very coherent, uh, at least on my part. Uh, um, that's what I felt uh, a coherent uh, explanation of what it actually was. Um, but uh, very concise. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I managed a lot of to, information. But. Yes, yes. A lot of information being thrown around. Uh, but I actually like boiled it down to like an actual elevator pitch, and then a like a web page that goes through and breaks down each point, each clause of that elevator pitch and expands it and gives you the important information. Uh, so yeah, if this is interesting to you at all, uh, you can check that out. But I think we're today, we're going to continue that kind of uh, project and do some uh, world building slash game design stuff on, um, yeah, burning wheel setting and burning wheel stock. Uh, we're going to dig into the hellbreakers themselves um, and figure out a little bit more uh, of that stuff. So thanks David for, um, uh, being being fine with uh, digging more into this and um you know yeah of course my pleasure <laughs> so um the thing that i know about the hellbreakers right um is actually you know what I'll, real quick i'm going to read just the actual pitch um the 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 elevator version real quick just to remind everybody of what is going on here um so the hellbreaker universe the pitch i have for like the cosmological arc right of this setting an immortal knighthood descended from a race of dragon slayers defends the galaxy from a scourge of shape-shifting demons using abilities granted through divinely empowered music right so that is the pitch of the hellbreaker uh universe and uh we're going to focus on the immortal knighthood descended from a race of dragon slayers uh that defends the galaxy using abilities granted through divinely empowered music um those are the main kind of like pieces of what the Hellbreakers are. And what's what's interesting about this is uh, the Hellbreaker sequence, the actual campaign that we've been, we started a couple years ago and uh, we'll eventually um, kind of continue fleshing out that stuff as the, you know, story, the the full story of the, the Hellbreakers as a people. Um, we haven't played through a lot of that yet. And so I know the beginning and I know the end, um, but, uh, 
there's a lot of details kind of in the middle there that are definitely going to be shaped by games we play in the future. Um, but one thing I do know is that that core idea, the fact that this is an immortal knighthood descended from a race of dragon slayers that defends the galaxy from a race, you know, from a scourge of shapeshifting demons using abilities through, you know, definitely empowered music. All of that is the core of what the Hellbreakers are. And at their, in the current like timeline of this kind of interconnected RPG Cosmere thing that we're doing um, at the time period where Chrome Quizzers is taking place, Death and Madness, We Below, Lavender Shadows, any of the other shows that have been in this setting. Um, th- this is who they are. And I, and I know enough about what I want that to look like that even if we come up with things that happen in the past, right, that, sh- that shift and change what's going on, I'm not planning on ever doing a, you know, a space age Hellbreaker game until we get all of those details down anyway. Uh, right, but, yeah. but I want to I wanna start kind of feeling out a little bit of what I want the core of the Hellbreakers to be so that when we're playing those games, we can... Continue, you know, continue having them in our brains. That's the yeah. end goal. That's where we're going to end up. So it can be yeah. consistent. Um, and the more we know about the end, the more we can intentionally, you know, facilitate and foreshadow those things. Yeah. yeah. In a way that'll be more interesting than if we yes. don't know it until we get there. And then we're like, I mean, you know, then instead of having to retroactively figure things out, explain them, we can intentionally build things up to yeah. what we know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because typically with the the campaigns that we've done, uh, I usually, you know, we usually like play it out and don't really know what's going on. And then halfway through kind of like retrofit things that have happened right. to make the ending make sense. Um, but uh, from the beginning of the Hellbreaker sequence, when we did that like legacy game, I we knew we already knew I I, I told you guys flat out the, this game is about the Exodus story. Right. Uh, we knew that going into it. And so uh, it gave a lot of. um it gave it gave the game a lot of uh, purpose and movement um, that even, you know, even though I feel like we ended the Hellbreaker sequence maybe quicker than I expected because of scheduling things, um, it still felt cohesive all the way through because we knew right. where we were going the whole time. Yeah. So. And I think it helps because we're not talking about just a single game. We're talking about a bunch of games and maybe even other things sort of going in the same direction. So I think it helps to have an idea where you're going in that sense since yep. there's so many it's such a such a broad uh amount of the fiction i guess moving towards it yes it's a little easier in a single game to just kind of go as you yeah just keep going with the flow and figuring yeah. it out as you go along yeah, yeah. um yeah and, and one thing i'm currently doing is i'm i'm starting to figure out um all of this world building stuff for fiction purposes too um uh, i had an idea for a well, there's a there's a friend on on Twitter, a mutual on Twitter, who um, posted and uh, it to try to get interest to see if there's interest in a um, kind of like uh, Christian sci-fi, um, uh, I, like a zine or short story collection or it's like something along those lines. Um, but it was kind of inspired by um, C.S. Lewis's um, the space trilogy. I don't know if you've ever read those, David. Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, so C.S. Lewis, Narnia guy, he also wrote a trilogy of science fiction novels um, oh. that are very um, well. So the you know the difference between the type of science fiction that uh, C.S. Lewis and others like him write ver- wrote versus um, hard science fiction. That's the the the, um, the contrast being explored in this zine that that I just said uh, just 
referenced. The idea being um, science fiction that is spiritual, right? That isn't isn't right. materialistic, right? That it's it's not just oh yeah, matter is yeah. all that exists, and there isn't you know it's just science. Basically, and all it that assumes stuff. that Christianity is true instead of wrong, exactly. <laughs> like most sci-fi yes. does. Yes, yeah. exactly. Right, because it's science fiction. Most hard science fiction, yeah, assumes that Christianity has to be wrong, uh, right. right? At least in its um in a literal sense right? obviously they try to get away with it by being like well who knows and metaphors yeah, and whatever right. can be true in your heart <laughs> um but, but the the worldview they posit is oh yeah you know right. the entire universe is millions and millions of years old and every right. all these races evolved naturally say, especially if they include aliens and things like exactly. that then yeah. you know at least from their own perspective they're yeah. making a pretty pretty yes yeah. solid statement uh, yeah but c.s Lew yeah. lewis wrote a lot of science fiction that was very um yeah i mean spiritually minded um that did that mm -hmm. try to take um you know it's still science fiction there's still a lot, lots of right. fun science fiction elements but uh taking a more medieval cosmology approach to it and i think i've talked to you about mm -hmm. this uh david you know like the whole music of the spheres thing that yeah i remember that, we had this conversation i don't think i realized what it was from but yeah yeah, yeah. so that's that c.s lewis was a medievalist uh by like trade that as a professor um that's what oh, he okay. did a lot of like little medieval literature that was his like focus that's cool um and so he knew a lot about the the worldview and cosmology of those people and right you know it's it's a lot more close it's a lot closer to the christian worldview than today's kind of worldview of the the world is you know our cosmology yeah. as a society right. um but anyway so the, the reason i bring that up is because um i i want to start thinking about this sort of stuff because i want to be able to like I, I had an idea for a short story that i wanted to write um using right. two two hellbreakers as the characters um mm. for this zine yeah. um oh yeah yeah and um uh i want to get some details down con more concretely than we have before um obviously for game design purposes and that's where we're starting because a burning wheel is just an immensely helpful tool to to get right. that sort of like this is what a society is like down yeah um, it's also at the core of the majority of the content that surrounds it so yes. you know if you want to make something outside of the burning wheel in the Hellbreaker sequence, it helps to try and keep the bring wheel in mind because yes. if it ever comes up in a game, it has to fit in the rules. It has to fit in the <laughs> so we can yeah. use it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's just generally a good way to look yeah. at it. I mean, basically, my my like end goal for this entire project is to basically have my own version of the burning wheel with like Your 17, 17 different settings, right? That all fit right, together yeah. in one universe. Uh, taking those bones and 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 building them out and and stretching them and seeing where they can go, um, yeah. So right. Uh, cool. Yeah. So um, the one thing we do know for sure about the Hellbreakers is that they are, for all intents and purposes, right now elves. Right. Uh, so far we've just right. stolen the elves wholesale. Uh, to make the Hellbreakers. Yeah. Um, you know, David's character in the Wee Below, uh, Caliphas, uh, is a, just an elf. Uh, that's what he is. Yep. Um. So the first like thing I have in my change log here is adapt elven life paths with changed traits. I think we talked about this a little bit while we were figuring out Califas. Um, Califas, uh, he right instead of the like firstborn or whatever trait that the elves have, there's something else. There's like we we changed. We renamed them. Yeah, yeah, a couple of them. Yeah. Uh, let me let me actually just bring up Califas's um, character sheet and we can see what those are. I know like reborn was different. You know was the one that replaced essence of the earth, I think, or something like that. No, right. Reborn was different. Yeah, something like that. Um, it might've been something about the stars or whatever. Yeah. 
Let's see. Yeah. So you have oh, descended from the, where they don't die. I think. Yeah, yeah, descended from the twelve. Um, is your Amon trait? It's like being a uh, a firstborn of the elves. Um, because descended from the mm. twelve is uh, we have the the twelve um people who took up the cloaks, right? The the magical artifact cloaks. Um, right. On Asa itself, and kind of became first people who became immortal is the idea, right? Um, and so if you yeah. descended from one of them, then you're like royalty among, among the, uh, right. um, the hellbreakers. Yeah. Um, the, the, the you know, the, mm-hmm. the immortal world hopping version of the hellbreakers, the ones who live on a, a ring world in yeah. the middle of space, you know? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it looks like born under the silver stars. I didn't change. You know, to those who look upon oh, okay. the elves with clean, clear eyes, there shimmers an unmistakable halo, like white light through a gossamer veil, oh, star okay, shining at night. That that seems pretty much like we can maybe change the name of it, but that seems still kind of within the vein of what we want, right? Yeah. They're 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 immortal knights, you know. That's that's definitely uh, within the right. and statuesque is another one that elves have. Essence of the earth is the one that like makes you actually immortal. Um, so that one they obviously have. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so it looks like the, t- the only two I actually changed the name of for sure is the Descendant from the Twelve, which isn't like a starting trait that elves get, but it's like a trait you can get if you are a, you know, descended from the firstborn of the elves. Um, and I also changed right. whatever the one, I'm trying to remember what the name of this one was. It's the one that gives them their songs and their oh, perception right. maximum. Um... Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm trying to remember what that one is, but we we changed it to Reborn, um, for right for the else. Let me just open up the book here and check. But uh, I guess that's probably a good enough place to start. I'll just pull open the starting traits for the elves, and we can walk through them one by one again and decide if we want to actually change any of these. Uh, so, Born of the Silver Stars is the character trait that you get. Um. To those who look upon the elves with clear eyes, there shimmers an unmistakable halo, like white light through a gossamer veil, like stars shining at night. Is that pretty much the exact description we want to go with? If if we're going through this one by one, is that true about the Hellbreakers, that exact description? Yeah, I don't know. I guess it depends on whether or not we want there to be a visual indicator that they're who they are, right? I mean, I mm-hmm. feel like it makes sense, like you said, that there's something unusual about them. Yeah. Um, I think that's fine we've also described when they sing there being a visual like mm-hmm. cue usually i think desdemona's yeah, the- eyes glowed i think right yeah um, well that was that was so reading stuff that might though, be a big part it- of that too that's that was- true so so the the, the thing i have the thing yeah. i'm wondering about here is they already have fair and statuesque right so that is i know that's gonna be right. true right they're yeah. gonna be more generally more attractive for whatever reason because of immortal stuff um do we need them to glow like i feel like maybe the songs themselves the magic of that is kind of covering it because i I don't know if we want the hellbreakers to walk around and always be shimmering (laughs) (laughs) yeah it might be a little strange i mean it doesn't give the impression that it's like a super uh like you know a vampire from uh that show its name is escaping me now uh the series yeah with uh, the vampire sparkle what is that twilight how 
Thank you. Yes. I, I don't get the impression it's like super yeah. intense. I think it's, I get the impression it's like, you know, catch it out of the side of your or corner of your eye. And well, yeah. And so it says, like, what was that? That was strange. To those who look but, upon the elves with clear eyes, there shimmers an unmistakable halo. Yeah. I guess that depends on what they mean by that. But yeah, I mean, I don't know that that's maybe if by clear eyes, we mean like, you know, or reading kind of eyes, right. Then I think that's appropriate. But if it's just literally not drunk eyes, <laughs> then that might be a bit extreme. Cause yeah, I doubt they want to just be super obvious, especially considering that their enemy, the Tanner or whatever are pretty um, generally, I think they're supposed to be pretty sneaky. So if they're super obvious, if that's a bad, uh, it would just make it really easy for Tanner to, to, to single them out. Right. Yeah. That yeah. Be bad. Um, that is a good so, question. Cause they're like, already is like whether Tanner and cause, okay. So we know that there's like the true music stuff going on. There's aura reading. Yeah. I don't, I don't think any of the Tanner right. necessarily have automatic aura reading Aura reading is, is the thing that really would be the thing that like you would notice people. Um, if they aren't, yeah. Automatically right. glowing. Um, so, yeah, is there like a lesser version of this that we want to exist or maybe just delete it? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's necessary for it to be always a thing uh, mm-hmm. necessarily. Yeah, and I feel like enough of the because they all have singing magic and we, you know, there's visual stuff that happens with a lot of that. I don't know if we need something that means they always shimmer as well when you look upon them with clear eyes. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I like the idea that if you look at them with aura reading, they're easy to see or something like that or, yeah. you know, unmistakable. Yeah. That, you know, you can easily tell the difference between a Hellbreaker and a Hellbreaker with aura reading. Something like that. An um, that seems weird. Hellbroken. Um. I think isn't that what we called the apostates, the the hellbroken? Oh, maybe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be the hell builders, the hell builders and hell breakers. <laughs> oh yeah. <they're... laughs> now I'm just thinking of Bob the Builder. I don't. Yeah, there you go. Can we build it? Yes, we can. All right. Um... So, essence of the earth is the next one. Um, yeah. Elves do not feel the effects of earthly cold and heat as do men. They do not fall ill. They are ageless and will only p- pass on when the earth ends. Elves do not have to take health tests for illness, and they gain plus one die to health and fort tests for resisting fatigue and poison. Yet they are not deathless. Elves may be killed by violence or may waste away doing, due to grief. That sounds pretty consistent. I don't think I'd change anything about that description. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Seems reasonable. Sounds good. So I'm just going to make notes here as you go. Um, fair and statuesque, I think, is pro- probably pretty probably can keep it the same elves are fair and beautiful to all who look upon them the elven form inclines toward tall and slender rounded by graceful curves i think that's pretty much around the same too so they're supposed to be kind of like ideals of um human physique and whatnot um let's see oh i see uh firstborn is the name of that trait um that we changed to reborn. Um, just making notes here. <clears throat> uh, 
Okay, essence of the earth is gonna be the same. Fair and statuesque, same. So firstborn is gonna be reborn. Um, and it says, elves are made from the very fabric of nature, wind, air, wood, and water. Thus, they know its secrets very well. They know how to preserve much of its power, even when it is taken and shaped into something new. It is this intimate knowledge that allows elves to weave their songs. Their unadulterated essence grants them insight into the world unmatched by the races of men, dwarves, or orcs. Due to this, elves' perception maximum is nine. Their other stat caps are eight. Their stride is also eight. Um... I think that's pretty much all the same, though I the descriptive reasoning I would give would be uh, slightly different. The justification yeah. would be different, but yeah, I think functionally it'd be the same. I'm not sure if it would affect their stride. I'm not even really sure why that affects their stride. But um I'm down with Hellbreakers having an extra but, stride just because they're magical. Yeah, I mean stride is a pretty significant thing in the game. Not that I mean, when it comes up, it's significant. Yeah. Um, because most of the time when something is referencing stride, you just if you have a higher stride, you win kind of thing, right? Like it tends yeah. to be a pretty big deal. Um, so uh, I think that seems reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, the, the, the Hellbreakers, the Hellbreakers for, for all, a campaign we would do with these characters, with, with playing these characters would want to, I want them to all be Superman, right? That would be the point. Um, so. Right. Yeah. When Hellbreakers show up, they're supposed to be better than everybody else, which is why I like them being elves in this <laughs> setting. It, make, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, it suits it. Yeah. Uh, grief, I think, is more or less the same. I don't know if we need to change anything there. Uh, we'll probably go I through at some point for... and um, like uh, make different obstacles for them, like, you know, s- specific things that we think might come up. But Right, include some stuff that might not be in there because it's not yeah. setting relevant to exactly. running wheel, but would be for us, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, the description that it gives here is years of emotion and strife take their toll and eventually all elves begin to feel grief tug at their hearts. And I, I think that's probably still the same. You know, they're immortals that we've yeah. made that the point of that. Uh, keen mm-hmm. sight. Like eagles, elves can see great distances with perfect clarity, add a plus one die to all perception and observation-based field maneuvers for range and cover, or any other any perception test involving seeing long distances. Elves also may see in starlight as if it were day. They suffer no obstacle penalties for dim light. Smoke and haze still bar their vision. Normal penalties still apply. In complete darkness, elves are as blind as men and dwarves. I still like that too. Yeah, I'm not really sure why that would be the case, but it's also not so unusual that it doesn't work yeah Um, i guess the one thing i wouldn't want to happen is for all of these things to be across the board so similar to the way token token describes elves that someone's going to be able to just automatically see a one-to-one comparison um yeah we don't want people then to look at them and think that's just an elf yeah (laughs) exactly i i i mean hopefully the space stuff will make that right i mean it already isn't but you know um, yeah, I do like the sea and starlight like it, it was day that that seems very setting appropriate somehow um, with all this music of the sphere mm-hmm. stuff and whatnot. Um, yeah, stars like, are a significant thing. Yeah, it's like yeah. if the stars are shining down, you, you can see it's just as well. Um, right. Pretty, yeah. pretty cool. um, so maybe maybe I just, you know, you know, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. Um, I'm going to just get rid of the. I'm going to change keen sight to star sight. Mm-hmm. and just change it to the starlight thing 
right? Sure. It, yeah. They don't need to have special scene otherwise, but I like the idea that they can see in starlight normally. Um, they already have an improved perception maximum, which yeah. kind of is the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't actually so, benefit from the perception maximum unless you use yeah. get that maximum. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, and then we have the special elven traits that can or can't be given based on life path things. Right. A lot um, of those I think are based on, or at least some of them are based on the society that also then like, you know, mm-hmm. being a guardian or a prince or whatever. So some of those might not necessarily well, so, yeah, apply. Special, not the same exact way. Yeah, these special ones are are the ones that can only be taken in character burning. Um, right. Let's see. They may only be earned by elven characters in play via trait vote. Um, the ones that it lists here specifically, I know there are other ones that, yeah, like are life path specific, but the ones that it lists here are like exile. This elf has committed some crime that has nearly earned him the title of em- enemy among his people. Rather than dishonor him with such a stigma, his people instead sent him into exile. Ultimately, though, it is a death sentence. The exile cannot journey west. Should his grief overtake him, he'll have no sucker and will simply waste away. This trade adds plus one die to starting grief and a one die infamous reputation among all elves. So I'm not sure that's the way that the Hellbreakers would handle yeah. things. I don't really think. I think they would. I don't usually... really think that makes sense. Anyways, like they can't just be like you're banished and no longer eternal. Like yeah. uh, you can do that to yourself. Yeah, but I think especially based on the context that we have, that you know, the there's certainly some like um official official there. excommunication that that happens in the organization. Right. But that's that's different from yeah. They might kick you out. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 they can't make it your doesn't remove your yeah yeah. Just because of the way the allegory works, right? It, it, that would be like the church being able to be like, you're not a Christian anymore, as opposed to you can't come to church anymore. Yeah. Which they could do. They could be like, you can't come to Azimuth, but they yeah. can't like take your cloak and be like, you're not immortal anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in, yeah. In theory, th- yeah. them uh, banishing you from Azimuth is supposed to line up with you not being a hellbreaker, but it's not an actual one yeah, I mean, comparison. They shouldn't be able to do that unless you aren't, but that doesn't mean they won't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Because it's not a, yeah. It's not, a, it's not a perfect uh, situation there, yeah. Um, right, yeah. But but also like with the, with the exile trait, I just don't think the Hellbreakers would typically handle problems like that. Um, at least in the way that it's described here, yeah. right? Like that that it's exile, uh, and then you can't go to the west. You can't. Uh, you know what? That's what we need to talk right. about next. We I mean, need to talk about that. Just, that's basically Sorry, just again. becoming a dark elf at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, so the the exile um also, yeah. it's different it's different. Yeah, the exile trait is basically you're nearly a dark elf but you're not quite, right? It's like you're kind of in the right. almost I mean, a dark for elf. us. I think th- Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think in our instance that might be the same thing, right? Sure. Um like not being able to go west in our case I think is the same as having become a dark elf. Right? I don't think you can not go west unless you are a dark elf. Well, oh, yeah, that makes unless sense. Unless you are a dark elf. I see what you're saying. That's what I mean. Yeah. So, obviously they can bar you from they can they can you can be an outcast in the sense that anyone could be. You could be exiled. Yeah. But as far as the magical implications of that go, I don't think any of those fit unless you've become a dark elf in which case that's already implied. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, because I guess the, is what I mean. Yeah, in the original like um, Tolkien-esque setting, the idea is that because you're barred from Elven society, you can't go on a ship to the West. But in the, in our version, right, yeah. going to the West is basically like Elijah going with a chariot of fire into heaven. Like that's what that is. <laughs> yeah, they don't get to stop you from going west. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Um. So yeah. Yeah. So that I'll might, I'll change. It, it might need slightly. some alteration if we keep it. But. Yeah. Alteration. I'll just, I'll just mark that and yeah uh we have mourner the mourner is obsessed with his grief he is morose the player may add any amount to his starting grief that he sees fit up to a maximum of exponent nine in addition all laments are made at plus two ob so on and so forth i think that's wow. perfectly capable yeah, to be well. an option yeah did you have something else you want to talk about about going west or whatever oh well so I, we I think we answered about. it in that conversation oh, um okay i was i was trying to remember what we had if we had talked about that at all but really yeah going to the west for the hellbreakers is going it's like chariot of fire comes and basically you to, heaven. to heaven yeah, yeah right um but, you know but not dying because like they're because hellbreakers don't die of old age they do i think have the option to be carried up in a chariot oh, of fire into right heaven. i see what you mean yeah. Right? yeah 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 yeah. i see what you mean yeah so yeah uh but yeah we, we figured that out that's there. their version of you reach a lot of grief and die yeah, pretty <laughs> much you reach yeah. a lot of grief and you get whisked away instead mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and I, I think it's the idea that even though and i'll we'll probably talk about this in things we do with hellbreakers in the future but like i think the idea is being immortal and having to deal with the weight of the sin of the world right the sin of the galaxy does wear on you even if like you're super powered and have cool abilities and stuff of course and, yeah. and and so the idea is not that like necessarily you give into grief and waste away and whatnot like in a negative sense but rather right. just like you're like okay you know lord i have reached the end of what i can as a <laughs> yeah. person take and at that point, he takes you right. up in the, into the heaven with the chariot of fire, right? I think it's more, it's, it's yeah. literally part of that magical connection. Um, like the oath that you're taking is if you get to a certain point and you literally just can't do it anymore, God knows and he'll take right. you, yeah. right? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't want to necessarily go too, like there's definitely negative stuff that can happen with grief with the Hellbreakers, but I don't want it to be, I, I want the negative stuff that grief can have, have, usually be funneled into the possibility of spite um right that that's you know that's where negative connotations are leading um grief itself is like a neutral thing where it's like this is just something that's true about your mental state you you can still obviously be fighting through it and doing what you need to do anyway but eventually yes there's a a toll it takes on on your mind and you're just like okay i need to i need to like uh retire (laughs) right right <laughs> yeah burnout yeah otherwise yeah 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 um yeah it's the option that the hellbreakers are given so that they don't live long enough to see themselves become the villain <laughs> right they, right yeah, they, and they can die the hero <laughs> so yeah <laughs> Uh, the other one is Slayer. Uh, this elf has been marked as a slayer of his kin. In his past, his rage overcame his grief and compassion, and he slew one of his own. Now he is marked as as enemy and hunted by his own people. Plus one to die to starting grief. A two D infamous reputation among, um, among all elven people as a slayer, and plus one die to intimidate or use silent fury against any elf. What do you think about that? I feel like we could keep it as is. 
Um, I'm trying to decide whether or not the Hellbreakers have as serious a if they take that as seriously as the elves in Tolkien's lore do, um, they should right. obviously take it seriously. But like for elves in, in like Tolkien's setting, it was basically like, you know, because they're immortal, you killing one of them is like such a horrible thing. You've literally made it impossible for them to go west, right? And you right, should know yeah. better than anyone in, else. In our case, if you kill one of them, they get an early retirement. In Tolkien's case, yeah, you destroyed their like they don't yeah you destroyed their immortal existence. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's probably uh, I can't remember I haven't read the Silmarillion yet uh, or remember uh, any details I know about yeah, that. I mean, I'm sure there's some that. way that elves can still you know live on or whatever, but it's still like really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's I mean it's probably as serious as killing somebody should be, but. I don't think it's probably quite the same, right? It's probably like it is for us, not like for elves, because again, it's like, I mean, that's not good. And they would have lived for a long time, did a lot of things, but you know, yeah, it's, it's not quite the same. I don't think. Mm -hmm. Plus a lot of the, at least in the period where they're making the books and movies and stuff, the elves are pretty reclusive. Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas the Hellbreakers, I get the impression, I mean, they're reclusive, but they're out doing stuff. So yeah. they have a pretty dangerous job. Yeah, they're so they're more nomadic than reclusive, us. right? Like they they travel around right. a lot and have a secret base, but that yeah. doesn't mean that they're yeah reclusive in the same sense that the elves are. Yeah, I guess they're they're secretive. They're secretive. They're not, yeah, there you go. Yeah, they're not in. They're not barred off from the world. So I yeah. feel like they probably have a more practical view of doing dangerous things might get you killed, yeah. even if you're a super person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um. Yeah, the only thing I'm thinking of is like, I guess the only real analogy here, if we did draw an analogy, would be like if a Christian kills another Christian. Like there is still a probably like a bigger deal yeah. that that is right. Um, right. That's especially if you're true. like part like you know this thing if you're part of the same church and you murder right. the, another member of your church, well, like that's pretty bad. <laughs> um, yeah. But I guess, like, part of it, too, is, like, I'm not sure. Um, well, I guess, yeah, it says now he is marked as enemy and hunted by his own people. Uh, I was going to say they, they <laughs> yeah. wouldn't they wouldn't exile him. They would just be like, you have to go face your crimes and like. Right. I mean, trial. it's murder like it would be, again, you know. Yeah. So I don't know if that. There needs well, to be I mean, a I guess special the, trait. The, impl- yeah. Yeah, the implication, I suppose, there is that you've escaped because they're they're hunting you. Mm-hmm. So I guess the question is, if you did that and then escaped, would they pursue you? And probably, I think they I'd would. imagine they would. Yeah. Hey, let's so maybe it. in in that yeah. way, I think it's probably the same. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll just write like slight alteration. I'll I'll tweak a couple things probably, but um, yeah, I think it makes sense, especially because of the apostate situation that we've developed. Yeah, it's too. dangerous to have one of them. Yeah. who's done something like that. And might do that again. Just go out in the world where they can yeah. be a big problem forever. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. Yeah. Especially yeah, just because of the way the Hellbreakers function and the access, the resources they have access to, even as just one of them without Azimuth, yeah. like you know, magically and stuff. Uh, send you know, letting someone who killed another Hellbreaker out loose into the galaxy who to become to probably inevitably become an apostate is right. a bad thing <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah, especially because 
they have, like you said, resources and time to be yeah. a much bigger. Th- you can't just wait for them to die old age. Exactly. They don't yeah. cause too much trouble in the meantime. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the other two are Unbreakable and World Weary. And I think those are perfectly fine. Unbreakable is just like the this elf is possessive of an unbreakable spirit. Grief seems to have no effect on him. That that should be a good one that uh, I'm yeah. sure plenty of them, plenty of the more vivacious hellbreakers have. Um right. and then world weary is just like a minor version of the mourner trait. So Right. That makes sense. Yep. Uh cool. Oh, this is interesting. I didn't see this special rule before. Uh Elves have time and patience to work more carefully than any other people. Therefore, elven characters may use the oh, yeah. working carefully bonus twice, plus d mm-hmm. plus two d plus two dice to attest at the cost of doubling the time spent. That's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of little special rules for them that we always forget because they're one-off sentences uh-huh. in a place we barely read. Good old burning wheel. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh but yeah. So elven skill songs uh, are definitely going to be a thing. Um, right. Yeah, we'll we'll have to what the the actual skill song and spell song stuff will probably have to be a more life path to life path endeavor. Right. Um, you yeah. know, working through it one piece at a time. I think for the most part we're keeping them as is. I like the distinction between spell songs and skill songs. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um, especially yeah. because of the, I you know I want to have a, like an actual society of hellbreakers here, right? Like this isn't right. just. Yeah. This isn't just the knighthood. This is the knighthood and their families, right? This is all the people who are actually involved in this are part of this society. And right. so you need people who can have the magical song to make wheat grow, right? Like that's, <laughs> that right. is just as get, important. That's another question. Uh, I mean, if a person becomes a hellbreaker and they bring their family to Azimuth, I assume that there's nothing keeping them fa- their family from all becoming hellbreakers too. Right? No, yeah, they'd have to make the oath themselves, but they could all right. become hellbreakers just as just as easily. Um, but I I think I want there to be a. I don't think it's like a. So I don't know if I don't I don't think I want the cloak to automatically mean you have to be an explorer and soldier, right? That's not no. what it means. Right. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's any ranks or delineations between. Those I don't know if there's any in the cloak itself. I'm sure there are based on just like gifts and abilities of people, right? They just yeah. I mean, them. I imagine it probably works like any other organization as far as rank yeah. goes. Um, yeah. I mean, it it might have more impact on your rank if you have magical powers that are better than someone else's, because that's obviously yeah. not a thing that most organizations have to worry about in a mm-hmm. ranking structure. But you know, I, I guess it would just be like if you work in a place. A person might get their job through nepotism or failing upward, but they might also just be way better at it. Yeah. Uh, it's probably sort of a similar thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they definitely wouldn't all have to be. And it, it might be, you know, the more dangerous jobs, they might just be naturally more um, revered or whatever. They might be considered of a higher rank just because they're risking. Yeah. The, you know. I, yeah, I'm I'm really thinking about it in terms of, you know, this is the analogy here is the church. And so uh, the idea of like, oh, yeah, right. the evangelists and the people who are speaking out publicly and or leaders in the community, like those are the sorts of people you're going to look at normally anyway, just right. more often because they're there. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everyone who takes up the mantle of, you know, Hellbreaker has to be one of those people. And they really shouldn't be. Right. I want to make it no. make it clear that they they actually shouldn't be. And there's probably going to be stories about Hellbreakers wanting to be that and being told, no, you're not like 
no, not right. everyone should be that. Like, yeah, probably a common lesson and a difficult lesson given the yeah. abilities they have to yeah. be like, yes, but we also need people who farm or everyone will starve. Yeah. Like they're, you know, the body can't be all hands as it were. Yes. Yes. Uh, and and yeah, I think it, it, you know, the life path system itself already kind of lends itself to, um, you have to spend a bunch of time anyway to be a good soldier. You, you ha- there are certain skills right. that you have to get to be able to do all this stuff. You don't get all the fun, cool spell songs that let you be a great soldier uh, and, unless you right. take these specific all life ones. paths. Yeah. Uh, and most of the people are going to be, yeah, like gardeners or artisans. Right. And um, I know there's going to be definitely uh, two big focuses. I, I, this is why I love the elves as um, the focal point for this life path wise is because um, the three things that I like the or four things, I guess, including one of them being the songs um, that the elves are known for in Tolkien lore, right? Is, um, uh, you know, being great fighters, obviously, because their elves are magical, immortal people who can spend hundreds of years training, but also they're at one with nature and they're really good at art, uh, right? Making Mm -hmm. beautiful things. That is something that I think is, I definitely want that to be true of the Hellbreakers. Um, And so, Mm -hmm. like, there's going to be a huge focus on you don't have to be a soldier. It's actually just as important, if not more important, to be someone who grows the food or uh, makes beautiful things because this society we're building and, and spreading out is just as important as the war it takes to win it. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a reason we're fighting and it's to make beautiful things like this. And if we don't have people who are doing that, then it won't be worth anything anyway. Right. Um, yeah. For sure. So. And I think that all ties together pretty nicely and, and the life paths still the the yeah. general vibe of all the life paths already fits that. So I'm I'm not worried right. too much about having to tweak a bunch of things. No, so, yeah, I just yeah. Think too much. Cool. Uh let's see here. Anything else in this uh wonderment? Um, I think is perfectly fine to continue on. All spell songs, regardless of primary effect, cause wonderment. Um yeah. specifically specifically because it's spell songs and not all skill songs. Um, mm-hmm. makes yeah. sense to me. Um, let's see, we have all these spell songs and stuff. Don't necessarily need to read through all of those or anything. No, yeah. Um, Elven Grief. Yeah, yeah, we'll go through that at some point. Um, I do really like the lament system. Um, I think that's it. Also, mm. that also fits perfectly fine with um the Hellbreakers. Um. Yeah, I think, so. I think the idea that song is such an important part, not only of like the magic, but also keeping Sanity. yourself joyful. Yeah. yeah. It, it, while you're doing this, because I think there's going to be a major focus on like, we have this grief we're bearing down on us, but we are like supposed to be joyously mm-hmm. cutting down our enemies and not like doing it because it's a, a, a chore. Like this is all right. glorious and it should all be sung as if it's glorious. And so the, the laments like helping to mitigate, like you're singing to yourself and like reminding yourself of like, yes, yeah. this is important. This is good. Like, um, even though we're living a long time and having to wade through darkness, like, uh, the songs themselves are what's reminding you of the light. Um, right. I like that. Um, I think the, the, one of the fun things I like about, um, the, the way that uh, elves and dwarves are more powerful um, in this uh, as we adapt things is it's really easy to not have to worry too much about making a bu- up a bunch of um, uh, things for uh, what's it called? Um, like special sci-fi technology, because all, literally all we have to do mm-hmm. is be like elven armor. They have better yeah. armor. <laughs> there you right, go. Yeah. Right. Like it's just, they all have better magical 
uh, stuff, which is, I think, right. magical. Uh, but it's, you know, it's like Magitech, right? It's like mm-hmm. t- obviously technology that's powered by magic. Um, right. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's probably both, right? Because I mean, on um, or when we played the Hellbreaker game, we had people in construction mechs that had assault rifles. Uh-huh. And then we also had people with, you know, fire necklace song things. Yes. And- yeah all that other stuff so i mean i assume that there will probably be both especially once you get further on into the settings yep. where science fiction is a, a more regular thing yeah uh, i assume that they'll they'll be both things mm-hmm. um those and i mean there's other versions of burning wheel it, that can help us when it comes to more yeah tech. more specific sci-fi tech like stuff the, yep. the burning empires and the yep. and uh, uh, burning sands yeah versions mm-hmm. burning sands yeah exactly um one thing that so I was just reading an essay on um, on Tolkien and um, the the thing that the um, the author was uh, pointing out um, that Tolkien um, didn't have an issue with technology per se. Um, he had because the elves really, when you look at it in Tolkien's work, they use technology just as much as the orcs yeah. are. It's I mean, the difference. More advanced. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's the difference. It's the idea that um, really well, the only thing the elves are doing when they make the best rope ever is just because like, they're just, they just have the techniques to make the best rope ever. It's not that they're right. It's not magic, like quote unquote, like it's, they, they can't be explained. It's just like, we're really good at making rope and that's the magic of it. Uh, as opposed right. to the orcs, which is like, we're, we're tearing things down. We're manipulating our surroundings and destroying the it's environment. Like all this force stuff. over finesse. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's the vibe I want technology in this setting too to have. I want bad technology to have this sort of like grimy industrial feel to it. And mm. as you know, I want the Hellbreakers to be the pinnacle of technology in the setting and for their technology to be very different from the other technology the other planets are starting to develop because they are just Mm. like we're just really good at making rope right like yeah so much so that we can make magical rope that you know keeps you suspended and attached to a spaceship you know (laughs) right yeah well that's the thing right like it's it also shows a difference of mindset because the reason that an industrial mindset is the way it actually works is because that's what makes people more money uh-huh. It doesn't matter how good your rope is as long as someone paid the same price sure. for it. Yeah. As long as they're willing to buy it. Yep. Um, so if you can make rope of a lesser quality and still get people to buy it for sure. the same price, you'll do that. Whereas uh, somebody in the Hellbreaker Society would be like, no, I want to find the best way to make the best rope, yep. even if it costs me a lot of personal time and effort. And yep. even if I can't sell it for that much more because people can't afford to pay more for yep. a rope. There's a standard you know? above profit that I'm... Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which is why an industrial technology isn't going to get to that place, at least not as fast, fast, because that's not really beneficial until you have to find something to be better than your opponent in. Um, Whereas if if it's part of the point of making the things to do it better, then Mm -hmm. you'll reach that place. So I think that makes sense because there's obviously going to be a different and difference in worldview between the two. Yep. Yeah. So as you know, just looking at the the elven resources and stuff, I'm not sure. There needs to be anything in the immediate that we do, like until we get really into the deep stuff um, yeah. to change any of this, b- b- mainly because, you know, if, if I want, uh, you know, Caliphas to exist in this setting, we don't really need to add anything more because the Hellbreakers really, yes, they do still use swords. They do still, you know, uh, transport themselves through magical portals instead of spaceships. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, there doesn't need to be as much of um doesn't doesn't need a whole lot, doesn't doesn't need to be a whole lot added to this list. 
Um, no, yeah. Per se. Um, cool. Um, so one thing I wanted to talk to you about is the you know looking at the what science fiction elements to if any to include is the next thing on this checklist. Mm-hmm. Um, the for the ever since I started making uh, these factions and stuff on Stellaris to kind of spark ideas, um, mm-hmm. I chose the Ring World option for the Hellbreakers right at the very beginning. Um, I don't know how Azimuth would become a ring world, but I I like the idea of that actually happening. Um, So do you know what a ring world is? Yeah. Okay. It's like the Halo, right? From Halo? Maybe. Yeah, I think. I I don't know Halo stuff, but... Well, I mean, technically that's... Yeah, it's like an installation that's used as a weapon. But I mean, yeah, it's just just like if you took terrain from a planet instead of having it be in a sphere it's just in a ring in a ring around yeah, yeah around the world facing the sun yeah 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 i like that idea i like the idea of azimuth eventually like unfolding or something and becoming this ring world or whatever else yeah well and i mean it's because it's already gardens inside of it anyway right like yeah and it has these weird internal portals and all that stuff yeah. anyways um and i mean actually i think it might be cool if azimuth is one of uh, one half of something right so like if azimuth is and I, it depends on how you want this to work because it mm. might not necessarily fit but it might be cool if because azimuth isn't it's not actually a sun right because yeah. it was hanging over the planet and didn't kill everybody so <laughs> yeah. my thought is um what if azimuth is like an anchor or a key or whatever for an actual ring world so there's a ring world and azimuth floats in the center of it and ah. controls the ring world, like moves around, whatever. Um, and so, you know, they, at some point they fly azimuth to a ring world and they set it in the center of it. Yeah. And it sort of, the ring world revolves around azimuth then. That's actually great. Uh, yeah. There's some, there's some abandoned ring world hanging in space somewhere. Yeah. And, and it was built to go with this. Yeah. But yeah. for, so for whatever reason, which could be an interesting thing in and of itself, it was either yeah. intentionally ejected away from it so that the ring world would stop working or it was stolen or something. Yeah, no, that's great. I like that. Might be cool. I like it. Um, So if that's the case, if we're thinking about space age hellbreakers, Mm -hmm. um, what science fiction elements, if any, do we want to include? The first thing that comes to mind that I think we maybe can start talking about is um, the like teleportation stuff, like how to, how to um, hellbreakers get places. I think we decided right, right air of gates is like the, magic thing they use to like open a door yeah so I get, my one thought is based on how we've sort of described it as working with caliphus um it, not everyone knows their gates so what do they do to get around or do they just not have to worry about getting around because like I, i'm imagining that well i guess it just depends like is it less work to teach someone how to sing the air gates and like we said um there is a group of people who sing with you at some corresponding part of the day so that you can have help. Right. So you can always get back, but is it easier to just teach someone the air of gates or to just to build a spaceship that they can fly or anybody who doesn't know the air of gates can fly. Right. If you have enough technology, I'm just, I'm wondering which one would be more efficient and, you know, cause they would, they would presumably do the more efficient thing, or at least they would try if they had the option. Yeah. So if they, especially considering they're not, just driven by money, like we were saying. Mm-hmm. So if I guess that's just a thing we have to decide. Do they well, so have I like, spacecraft? I, I like the idea that um the current age of 
I guess, you know, the, the current era as opposed to the space age era right. um, is um, similar to current era Cosmere in the sense that like maybe the Hellbreakers don't have spaceships because they just rely on this portal stuff. And obviously right. they live on a ring world. So there's technology that's but but it, it was kind of like given to them, right? Like they didn't have to yeah. build it. Um, but then when the rest of the galaxy starts to develop space age mm-hmm. stuff, then they have to start making they they have to start thinking about yeah. actually operating in space in a way that they normally don't because they're like, I well, there's nothing in sense. space. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, if you can get to your destination without a spaceship, that it's better to do that, even if yeah. it's requires training in a song. I mean, you have to learn how to pilot a ship and yeah. you have to build the ship. So that also takes time and money, probably yeah. more. And but, you know, if somebody flies a spaceship at your your ring world, you can't just teleport to a planet and uh-huh. be done with it. It's exactly. in space. So I think that makes sense, right? That they would develop star starships as a reaction to them existing in other places yep. so that they would have something to interact with them. Cause yep. yeah, as of right now, they wouldn't really need them. Mm-hmm. And even if the Tanneran were in space, that's what the heralds are for. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so they won't have any reason to be in space. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and they also, they don't, they can't survive in space. So they wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That. yeah i mean they that's probably could the elf traits, they probably could but, with magic you know they could probably, probably figure out some way of doing it but right. um yeah I, I think that's fine um for this and i think what we're really doing right now is developing current age hellbreakers um which is right, definitely more yeah. advanced than everybody else but it's isn't actually space age yet yeah um i think I mean, that's I fine. think that's a strong enough justification for us to to do it that way without it feeling weird that they yeah. don't have laser yeah. guns and stuff right because that's the, that's what i want the feeling of it to be is they live in a ring world in space, but they have swords, they have magical songs, they have portals. And right. that's, it, it's, it's supposed to be all like, there, there's no reason why they would build spaceships or have laser yeah. guns because they have these things and no one else right. has like, they can kill a Tanner and just fine with the magical sword. So why? Yeah. Why they don't need to make those things. So yeah. why would they? Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, at some point if someone starts shooting them with laser weapons, they might realize that they've, they're effective and that they might need something yeah. to counter that. Yeah. But not until then, probably. Yes. Uh, yeah. Is there any other science fiction elements that we need to include? Like in, if we're, you know, making the stock, the Hellbreaker stock and the life paths right. and stuff. Um, anything else we need to consider? Um, I mean, I think communication is a big one. I mean, mm-hmm. if they had a way to communicate over vast distances, they would probably do it. Um, yeah. I mean, easy thing f- to do that, I think, is someone goes and learns the magic system from Satoris, the the information based magic system, mm, um, the one that yeah. you can like, mark things and items like magical right. Internet. I think that's I, I really I think that's probably where they are right now is they're they're gathering magic systems mm. uh, to, and that's how they're building up their technology or, or capabilities. Sense, yeah. So they just have like people that they send to go to Satoris to learn this magic and then come back and they have magic internet now. Right. Which is probably a pretty difficult place to do it because everything there, I mean, it's a hellscape. (laughs) It places the worst. If it's a place I remember, right? Like it was super dangerous. Everything on that planet was super dangerous. (laughs) So like, Uh, it's probably one of the reasons. It'll be different. It'll be slightly different from what we created. (laughs) I'm cannibalizing it, but yes, in in theory, there will still be dangerous things there. Yeah, as I say, I might explain why it's taking them so long because. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're going to bring back the uh, rocket jet powered blob monsters. Disc monsters, creating. yeah. Or like the creeping crystal infestation that covered the entire planet. No, well, or that the that's giant being, flesh island. That's being brought to the other planet, the the 
um, the one we did with like uh, two sessions of Legacy in was like crystals, powers, everything. I'm going to oh, yeah. port that race over to there. There you go. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there was, and there like parasites. Yeah, there were also parasites, horrible, horrible parasites dangerous. that took over like dinosaurs, I think. <laughs> yeah. I... yeah. There's also a flesh island. That right. Yep. Yeah. Giant flesh island. And like, wasn't there like a cyclone that just destroyed everything every once in a while? Oh, I think it was like the entire world drained itself periodically yeah. over a year a period of 100 right. years That's yeah <laughs> like the oceans drained into a chasm <laughs> something <Yeah>. crazy <laughs> so anyways um there, there yes there's lots yeah. of weird stuff happening on that planet <laughs> yeah man what a weird place that was uh, right. yep that's what happens when you have five different people who are just all throwing things at the wall as fast yep. as humanly possible exactly <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely like the idea of them gathering pieces for magic systems and uh, kind of using it to their own benefit. Um, I'm sure that they'll develop ways to m- use it in a magic tech version, right? So that they don't have necessarily need people to do it. Um, right. But, well, and I yeah. mean, if you think about it, for one, gathering magic systems is the most effective way to build technology because they're all sort of inter. Like they all sort of function on the same basic laws, so you yeah. can probably mix them in in different ways. Yep. And I mean they're magical, so uh, if you break a lot of rules, it would make technology otherwise pretty difficult. I mean they have their own rules, of course, but yeah. Uh, if if the natural way is easier, you can do that. If the magical way is easier, you do that. It opens a lot of roads. And I think that the informational magic, depending on the extent of it, could really make a big difference because depending on, I mean, it seems like it can transfer a lot of stuff based on what I'm remembering of it. And so you could use that system to basically link all the other systems and to do pretty much anything with technology, mm-hmm. which uh, might actually be something we want to figure out because that might be too, uh, like if, if that's the only thing that the only, you know, if, if they can do pretty much anything with it, that might be difficult for us to keep a lid on. Um, but all I mean yeah. is that that I think that that system would be important for the development of technology because not only can they use magic to build their technology, but they could probably link all those magic systems together in ways using that yeah. informational system. Yep. Um, yeah. And I, that I, would I, look like magic tech, right? That'd be the most efficient yeah. way to do it. Yeah. So yeah, we'll definitely have to figure out how, because um, it's I mean it's easy to come up with magic systems based on the burning wheel stuff, but it's a yeah. little bit more difficult to make it Implement fit into, into it. burning wheel. So. Uh, but right. I want it to I want it to be flattened out eventually to the point where it's hard to tell which one was which. And so it's you know, consistent enough across the board that they're all functioning by the same rules. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So figuring out the information one will probably be uh, an important thing. Um, yeah. Whenever we especially whenever we do the do a game in, in that world. Well, and Burning Wheel already has. And I, I'm struggling to remember what mechanic it is now, but there's something already for I think it might be I think it's one of the art magic spells has a thing where you can give or transfer traits, which is basically all you really need. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, too, that's, right? that's what I was just Share thinking traits. is like, that's probably the key to it is that piece of it. Um, kind of expanding upon that piece probably. Right. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Right, because you could even literally just like um, have the trait be marked, right? Um, mm, yeah, that's true too. That's yeah. that, that, that automatically f- uh, puts in so much of the functionality of what we were considering already, so. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyways, yeah, we could probably do a video on that uh, mm-hmm. just uh, or an episode on that. I think en- enchanting is probably going to be 
uh, mm-hmm. a piece of that, right? Foundation. Because yeah. traits, uh, yeah, traits is going to be the foundation of that for sure. And traits right. have uh, important things with enchanting. I think uh, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about the like the sunstones and the um, right. the giants and the like magical swords that you made by putting a sunstone on a sword, like those sorts of yeah. marking extrapolations that we made. I think as long as we yeah have like the burning wheel trait system as the centerpiece, we can probably fit those together pretty nicely in burning yep. wheel subsystems. Um, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, and also, yeah, enchanting is going to be a big thing, I think, in the explanation mm-hmm. of um, Magitech. Um, right, yeah, I mean, that's basically what it is. That's what it is, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That'll probably make a big difference. And, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you can make, if you can use the information magic or other systems to make enchanting permanent and more feasible, because a lot of, I don't know exactly how the way the enchanting works in Burning Wheel, but I know that typically enchanting in games the balancing part is that it's temporary or it's weak or whatever. Mm-hmm. So if you, yeah, that seems like a reasonable balance point, but then if you were moving into a new age of technology, you can say it's done by finding ways to make enchantment permanent and cheaper, or, you know, easier in such a way that it can actually be done. Yeah. And the, I feel like the information magic is a good way to unlock that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that might so. be a good way to introduce that planet as sort of the turning point from the current to the future. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's literally magic setting. internet. So I think like as soon as that right. really gets uh, brought to the larger sphere, like uh, yeah. everyone's going to be connected through magical internet. It, it might actually be interesting to have the reason that that hasn't happened yet be because that world is so inhospitable that it's just not very yeah. traversable. And when you get there, it's hard to get off, all that kind of stuff. Yep. And so that maybe that's the reason why it's actually a notable thing to go from one age to the other, because that place is just so hard to traverse and get anything from. Yeah, I think the the Stellaris option I chose origin wise for that planet was prosperous unification, like the idea that eventually, like finally the the plant, someone united the entire planet under one common goal. And I think that's probably the the space age complex like Mm -hmm. thing for that planet is eventually one emperor decides to just get the entire planet under his control and yeah, like the you know, Roman Empire style, and yeah. because that's kind of like a lot of the the stuff that's going to be mm, there is right. um, kind of a mix between Roman and um, Russian yeah, culture that. stuff. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, just like you know, once you get the entire planet under your control and figure out all this stuff and make it less yeah. un- inhospitable by like working together as a planet, you can it, start looking into the stars. Yeah, yeah, and then and um, by extension, then the setting can can pivot on that and. Yeah move into the indeed yeah i like i like that a lot that makes a lot of sense um and that gives us a a turning point that we could just put wherever we want like it just takes mm -hmm. this long to happen here's the turning point right (laughs) so Mm -hmm. yep uh cool yeah let's um let's walk through real quick the settings uh for the elves and just kind of talk about maybe like uh if they need to be tweaked um sure we we don't obviously not going to do um life path level stuff but um so we have the wilderland setting um right so born wilder elf rider harvester gather fisherman shepherd wanderer huntsman chandler weaver forester vintner miller song singer spouse patriarch slash matriarch and elder um i think that makes a lot of sense for like the nor just rural parts of the ring world like yeah the, the various right, farms yeah. and other places that are just kind of out there um, yeah 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 um honestly citadel setting which is the next one could just be azimuth itself right if that's kind of what i was thinking yeah yeah you have the ring world which is like where the majority of people live and like just have their normal lives and then the citadel you know azimuth itself is like the the home base where people go to like 
the, the royalty live and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that makes sense, especially because it's the door to all the other places. Yeah. So it makes yeah. sense. That you kind of have to go there to go anywhere, anywhere else. Right. Um, yeah. And for that one, you have Citadel born servitor, wanderer, song singer, student, clothier, soldier, protector, seafarer, sea captain, novice, shaper, jeweler, artisan, keelmaster, artist, bard, adjutant, lore master, and all thing. Um, seek the sea stuff could probably be pretty easily, um, brought to bear to just make spaceships. Um, <laughs> What is so seafarer sea, and sea captain were two sea. of the yeah 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 for sure we're making boats and stuff yeah Be- because they literally have like weather song rhyme of the mariners like they they actually primarily fly ships through magic through magic songs <laughs> yeah you could very that. easily just have it be like magic songs that make the spaceships go into space <laughs> yeah right yeah <laughs> that could be pretty easy yeah that'd be cool because it's literally like it looks like it's that's what the skills they use it's just magic they songs that songs for it. And instead of like uh, making the wind and the waves obey you, you make the the space currents obey you, right? The right, yeah. The, the just, tilts of the spheres, the the alignment of the spheres, whatever else you need. Yeah, oh yeah, you just you just sail on the currents of the currents astrology, of harmonia, basically. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think we already talked about astrology being an interesting concept for like the navigation yes. skill, right? Yep. And that would be literally the case if you're what you were doing was singing to manipulate the flow of yep. harm, harm, harmonia and then just i don't know sticking out your harmonious sail and yeah flying <laughs> yeah i def- I, I definitely yeah. don't want as as much as i love like treasure planet and space jammer yeah, i don't want them to be actual boats, i don't yeah. want them to be actual boats i i yeah. like the the aesthetics of spaceships too much yeah, me too. um yeah. yeah to 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 go full space jammer with this i think space is still yeah. space and you will die if you <laughs> go I, into the void of space i like especially treasure planet I'm not very familiar with spell jammer but i love treasure planet but i it takes maximum suspension of disbelief to watch that movie like I can't think yeah. about anything or I'll immediately stop yeah. enjoying myself. And I love that movie, so I don't I don't do it. But <laughs> just don't think I'm like it just nothing about it makes any sense at all. Yeah. And yeah. so I yeah, I'm I'd prefer also to have actual spaceships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that not would be an the open main air thing. deck where you're in exactly walk out into a void. That's probably the main thing that the Hellbreakers would have to overcome is like sealed containers that <laughs> allow you right. to uh, Which I mean, they could board. probably make like air bubble shields or something with magic, right? That would just contain atmosphere. Yeah, but... I I don't think they do have that capability. Like, I like this the idea that the songs that they have are more about making normal things that they could do anyway better, right? That's pretty right. much what all the songs are across the board. It's just like Especially with ghost songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. It's like, um, but even with spell songs, it's like. That's I can true, yeah. re- recite the ages and make a visual, right. but like, it's really just my memory, right? That's what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. And, and like, I I'm making my, myself way better at swordsmanship, but like, that's, yeah, it's really all you're doing is like the song is empowering you to yeah, do something yeah. better. That's, that's what I want. The limitation of the magic to really be is like, you are just being supercharged by this music right. to do things very excellently, which means yes, they would have to figure out, like the actual artisanship of it could also be helped by magic, right? Right. They, uh, the building of a spaceship could be, you could use a skill song to do that. Right, uh, it's just yeah. that you would have to build the spaceship before you can actually use the song to sail the space waves, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, trying to think if there's any magic systems off the top of my head that, that would help that they could steal. Yeah. They could steal. Yeah. 
Like Saragon probably has some Saragon stuff. Saragon has anything. You can steal anything from Saragon and it right. would, Yeah, but the potential yeah. discipline, oh my gosh. Right, yeah. So uh, they probably have some spaceships built from that stuff too, but that wouldn't probably be... I, mean, I assume if they had the option between relying on their own stuff and relying on a match. Well, so one thing planet, I, one thought I have, as I, th- I think we were talking about this earlier, the Saragon stuff, I feel like maybe people can't just steal it normally, right? Like they would normally do. Um, mm, yeah. Uh, I don't think the Hellbreakers have access to it in the same way they can have access to the other ones because it's so specific on this like powerful, harmonious thing that's happening in that place. I don't right. know if, I think the Saragonians themselves um, are... The, the sole arbiters of that magic for all intents mm-hmm. and purposes as far as i can tell now, simply because left, otherwise it'd know. be too easy yeah. yeah now if they left that planet would based like is it is it a sense of like you can only access this kind of power when you're in that place or is it just only these people can access that power i think it might be well because of the way we've talked about this stuff before right it, i think it's it's usually a combination of both that's at play. And so to the point where, right. you know, someone can, yeah, imprint their soul with the right symbol and then you get access to the magic. But I think yeah, maybe like location is important too, yeah. for, for but, Saragon, it's both in a very intricate way where like m- maybe f- even for Sarens, even for people from Saragon, like when they leave their magic is less powerful. They probably still have access to the same system. But I think it's right. Yeah, I think it starts it's to just, take on more rules, right? Yeah. Than on Saragon itself, I like the idea of Saragon, the place being the place where magic can go wild, and that's right. it. Which makes sense because that's kind of the yeah the the whole point is that that place is sort of unburdened by yeah. the same kind of restrictions other places are exactly. So yeah, I mean that makes sense. Yeah, so it's not as easy as the Hellbreakers just going and stealing the potential discipline and then yeah. coming back and making force fields. So right, yeah, exactly. Luckily, <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, so the other other so settings. Then, yeah, Ethark is the the next one here. So and that's just the royalty one, but that's easy. It's just like the center yeah, of Azimuth, basically <laughs> Citadel. But yeah, the yeah, people who yeah. run it, the the people who are directly related to uh, the the twelve. Um, mm-hmm. or, or are related, you know, related to them, not by blood, but like by rank and whatnot. Um, all of that stuff is, is, uh, still there. Protector, um, is an interesting one because it seems like that one's like specifically like to protect elven lands, which isn't as much yeah. of an issue. No one, at least yet is coming right. to knock on. Like, I like the idea of this one being, um, you know, demon slain, maybe, uh, right. something yeah, more focused like they on do, offense there are, yeah they're a lot more getting out there and doing stuff than they are you know hanging around and protecting the citadel uh, yeah, yeah especially right now I mean maybe eventually that would be a thing but yeah, especially I think in the probably just with the name change like, this one would work mostly and some tweaking here and there the, yeah. the actual uh, life paths are vague enough like it's not you could you could pretty easily make most of these work for okay. kind of offensive stuff or I mean there's like an armor life path but I mean you need armors too and stuff and bladesmiths yeah. and so that's fine call them call them the uh, the uh, missionaries or something instead uh, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> I mean herald is literally one of the life paths here um, oh that fits I mean so, it doesn't you're not, you're not gonna become a herald but it's no, well yeah herald in the sense of like heralding a message right right yeah um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah yeah that's cool yeah I, I think that fits and that's it for for settings so 
Okay. Uh, at least are there any the you dark that are missing ones, there? But, um, good question. Oh yeah, the only one that might be missing is figure out. I have the note here. Figure out if there are different settings for those who live on planets. All right. So this is the thing we need to figure out world building wise. At least in current age, Hellbreaker universe, I f- I are like there there's... colonized places? Well, and I wonder on that note because I mean, as far as like people who live on planets, but it's not a Hellbreaker colony, right? I feel like there might need to be a religious setting that is mostly the people who teach on Azimuth or the ring world. And then the people who go out and do that. Right. Because I, I don't, there's not a lot of religious uh, language in any of the elf life paths that I remember. Yeah. There might be, but I don't think there are. I don't think so. And there would be, I think in this, and it's a big part of their, their society. And, you know, including like a big part of the, military kind of stuff and yeah it's an important thing so i think we might want to ape some of the religious setting from the man life paths the manish ones so the one thing i'm thinking about that is i feel like because the hellbreaker hellbreakers are almost the entirety of them the point is they're all religious i mean that's true i don't know if we need it we we at least don't need a specific setting for it i like the idea of tweaking life paths here and there to be more religiously focused but i don't think we need to even steal whole life paths religious life paths from anywhere right we can just kind of make all the life paths have religious imagery around them true yeah yeah that's a good point um so then i mean i feel like it would be I don't know. For some reason, it strikes me as weird to imagine Hellbreaker colonies. Yeah. It yeah. The thing, r- especially the thing I'm struggling with is like, I, I do really like the idea that like the ring world is where they live and they just right. portal around to different places. And that's yeah. where, because it's just fun world hopper organization stuff. But, but given the, the mission of the Hellbreakers, their, their point really is to like make Hellbreakers everywhere. Like, in a sense that's different from just like being like, are you my ally now planet? Okay, cool. We're going to go back to our place. Like, no, like they're, they're meant to go around and live. And, um, yeah. Well, cause I'm wondering if like, I, I'm sure that there would be Hellbreaker like board operating bases on planet. Right. Yeah. But I don't, even if they were able to convert a bunch of people on a city, I don't know that they would be like, cool this is a hellbreaker city now right yeah it just seems strange also because of the nature of colonies like yeah it just historically they tend to just be at some point they're like wait why are we paying you taxes for being <laughs> yeah, over there yeah. and right. they almost always end up in some kind of conflict yeah. so and that's definitely not the like, way they would go about it normally um, unless yeah, it was like the, literally like a tanner in a world that they're like attacking right you know the other thing is that the main benefit of a colony for uh colonizing power is access to resources but and money from taxing and yeah. stuff. but they can just teleport there uh-huh. so they don't really need to establish they might establish like work places but they wouldn't need a any, you know i guess those people need places to live and stuff but they could always just go back to azimuth right they don't need to they don't need to stay there for long periods of time i mean other than i guess defending whatever they're doing but, you know, it, they don't need to establish a long-term sustainable colony. They can just put a, a sawmill down somewhere, cut some trees down, and teleport back. I mean, I guess yeah. depending on how much you can bring through their portals and all that. But I, So I almost wonder if they don't, wouldn't have need of colonies in the same way. Right? Yeah, I, I think at least it makes sense, at least in the current era, uh, the like the 
yeah chrome users or whatever um that that they don't have those things it could be a thing in the space age like they maybe start doing more stuff like that but because the only thing i was thinking is if they are bringing hellback hellbreakers back as they convert them eventually as they get to another age of technology over that period of time they may actually start running into space issues depending on how large their planet is and stuff and resource issues and all that and they may need to actually do that to put just have places to put people and to get resources since they've got so many buildings on their own ring yep. and all that kind of stuff. So I think, and also colonies are a very science fiction thing. So I think that might be more appropriate is to have them yep. plenty of space on the ring world and all that stuff. They just, yep. they just bring people to them. Yep. And I then like at it. some point they run out of space. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm done with that. Um, I, and I like the way that that makes each age feel very different. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And also it'll probably highlight some differences in, uh, the rulers and the mentalities of the people that are in charge, which they may be the same people given their immortality, <laughs> but in charge in one age as opposed to another, right? Yeah. Because if the same people were in charge in the first age, they might not resort to colonization. They might try and find another way. Mm-hmm. But if something else, someone else shows up and they're like, no, yeah. you don't understand. We have to. That might even be a, um, a pressure for change, right? Maybe somebody from the ring world is like, look, we don't have any space down here now. Yeah. Or, you know, we, we don't have enough farmland and living space, we need to go somewhere else. And the people in Azimuth don't want to, that might be a whole thing. And that might cause change in the in the faction that push it into a different yeah. age and allow for some of the shifts in, allow for a shift in thought process that'll let us do different things with them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I agree. Which could be interesting. Because cool. I assume we'll want them to be changing and dynamic as time yeah. goes on. Yeah. Just to be fresh and interesting and see yep. what happens to them mm-hmm. yeah and um, there's going to be a lot of considerations that are going to have to be taken at that point to figure out based on stuff that's come before what we want it to look like um right. i'm not as worried i like i'm fine with keeping the space age stuff as a uh, fun idea in the future that we don't need right. to really come up with anything specific about yet <laughs> Um, because there's still plenty of, I don't want to get to that point before we've had the opportunity to play out a bunch of stuff. Um, right. Yeah. You don't want to get there too early. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, the only other thing is the path of spite. Uh, the dark elf stuff. Um, uh, but looking at the, the ones they have, I I like it just fine. Pretty much how it is, you know, griever, wastrel, thief, assassin, stalker, deceiver, liar, siren, eremite, recluse. (laughs) They're all bad things. Yeah, those are all cool, like, exiled from the Hellbreaker Society, being a bad boy now sort of thing. Right. And it kind of makes sense, at least in the context of the Hellbreakers, that if you were one of them, you'd have to be undergoing an underhanded uh profession right you couldn't just be living out in the open obviously it's a a little different if you just go to and go to another planet because then you can do whatever you want if there's a hellbreaker around it doesn't matter they're not going to know who you are but especially if you live on the ring world which i don't even know if that's possible i don't know if because if they're i mean obviously dark elves they look different visually do we want that and no they do look different their cloak turns all shadowy it does yeah there yeah. you're just you can distinguish the difference visually between mm-hmm. a hellbreaker and a yeah so they wouldn't really be able to stick around yeah i mean um, i think there's definitely like a long arc between starting to go to the dark side and actually becoming a dark elf that you right. can still live on the ring world just fine but yeah there yeah, is yeah. a point at which you become visually evil yeah. <laughs> and have to leave <laughs> yeah although i wonder if it might be interesting if um 
there was a way like if if the dark elf could just put on a normal cloak and obscure their shadowed one right and be like see i'm an, i have a cloak but you know it, you could probably there are probably work, ways you could do it yeah just because i think it'd be interesting to have the ability for them to be hiding on the ring world or whatever to be a thing right um instead of having it be where it's like basically impossible yeah um i mean there's probably but, songs um like lying songs that you could do or something true yeah it's probably like illusory uh, stuff yeah. yeah or deception stuff yeah i think there are at least that's true that would be cool um and it, that also makes sense because those are the kinds of things that as you as you're making mistakes you need to hide you might start learning those things mm-hmm. and learning those things push you to do things you shouldn't yeah. and become better doing things you shouldn't yeah. which would push you to have to hide them better and be a cycle of you know hiding things and and you know you know the truth will set you free but the opposite of that right yeah. just concealing things and continuing to be pushed down and further and further until you, you have dug a hole you don't believe you can get out of and that's yep. when you you know have become a dark elf yep. switch over for spite and just you know forget that it's your fault you're there mm-hmm. um i think that might be an interesting thing to watch too uh, from a character's perspective yeah. um yeah. you know just seeing somebody who was a a relatively decent person at some point made mistakes, took the wrong, you know, did the wrong thing about it and just snowballed themselves into a place that they couldn't, you know, that they, mm-hmm. well, didn't feel like they could get out of. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. might be an interesting thing to see in a, a For character. Sure. Cool. I mean, I think we've probably reached the, the end of the broad stuff. Um, this is all the, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think basically at this point, you just need to go life path by life path um, and, and do right. that. I might do that. Do the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. I might do that soonish um but uh yeah i'm glad it seems like most of the stuff is pretty well used as is yeah Um, it lines up pretty well yeah which i'm happy with yeah and part of it is i guess i changed my vision of what the hellbreakers were or maybe i didn't even have a vision yet and gave them you know made them more like elves because i knew i wanted to put them into this uh stock but uh i think it just fits so well um yeah yeah and nothing felt like it was shoehorned in for for making them like elves. I mean, yeah. you, you know, some stuff needed some slight narrative tweaking and just for justification, really yeah. about it. Um, I might make like a, a specific life path for the people who open the portals. Um, yeah. There might be someone who like the doorkeeper or whatever, you know, the doorman. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so stuff like that. Um, but for, for the most part, it looks like the settings are pretty, pretty good um, as they are. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I got to go play some Ultimate Chicken Horse with people on the Discord. So uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Do you want to do our outro for us? Sure. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And uh, we hope you guys are inspired to play more role playing games. Have a good one.